for many riders, one of the biggest challenges they have with canter is actually getting out of the canter. <laughs> and it can be really disheartening when you put all the work into the good transition into canter and then being able to follow your horse in the canter and make it work for you only to have this horrible bumpy hollow experience when you actually try and transition back to trot and that's what we're going to talk about today smoothing out the transition from the canter to the trot okay let's dive in Hey there and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. My name is Lorna Leeson. I'm an equestrian trainer and coach and if you are looking for some help in training your horse and also becoming a better rider and you don't have an instructor or a coach to work with, well this is the podcast for you. Okay, the canter. We have been diving deep into all things canter the past couple of weeks. And now today I thought it's only fitting that we round it out with how to actually get out of the canter. Because the canter is one of those things that when you're in it, it's great. Like it feels good. And especially when you've mastered it all. And you're like, yes, I'm moving with my horse. And this is great. But then there's that final piece of the puzzle. The whole returning back to trot that we have to make sure is also there because without it, well, the trot ends up being really, really negatively impacted. And not only that, it's just downright uncomfortable, okay? It's not enjoyable for horse or rider. So what can we do? Well, I think that, first of all, this is definitely a doable sort of a goal to set for yourself and your horse to actually improve this, to make it become more smooth, that transition from the canter to trot. But also it's something that I feel will have a really positive knock-on effect because I mention it a lot, the canter really and truly can improve the trot. It it usually does. It's very rare you'll have it that the canter won't improve the trot. The canter almost always will. However, if we don't manage that transition, the one from canter to trot, well, any of those kind of benefits that we could have had from the transition, they're lost, okay? So it really is worthwhile focusing on this because it can have this, as I said, positive kind of ripple effect over so many other areas inside of your riding. Okay, so what do you have to do? Well, First and foremost, I've been a bit Captain Obvious here, but you do have to prepare yourself and your horse for the transition, okay? Very often when we are encountering something that we struggle with, okay? Something that maybe is not that enjoyable and that we find quite challenging. Well, we seem to have this attitude of get it done, okay? like in and out as quick as possible just get it over and done with okay I don't want to be doing it all the time and that is obviously not going to help the situation okay not at all so rather than going in with the just get it done attitude okay you're going to really and truly begin to take time to actually set up this transition to support you and your horse through it, okay? So what you want to do is to make sure that your horse and yourself are both balanced and also, and this is key, we've been talking about it a lot as we've been talking about the canter, that there's a lot of responsiveness going on. So often inside of the canter, due to our own, like us the riders, our own lack maybe of 
I suppose awareness with regards to what we're doing to our body uh, or with our body. Um, our horses can become quite unresponsive to our aids when we are cantering. And you can have like a really responsive horse who has just learned over time to click off in the canter because maybe we're like swinging and shaking and we're doing all the things up there that we shouldn't be doing. And that is going to definitely lead to problems, okay? So you want to make sure that you're first of all able to I suppose maintain a consistent or a consistency within the canter itself, okay? That you're consistent with your aids, your horse is consistent with the rhythm, it's all there. And then from there, you can then kind of, if you want, place both of you, you and your horse, in the absolute best position possible so that you can ask for the transition and then actually your horse can respond and create this transition and that the two of you can get into the trot in the best possible place okay so prepare 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 now how are you going to prepare well the trusty old half halt okay um, i really and truly do believe that the half halt is um really important here it's the key to the kingdom okay and you know very often we think of the half halt and it's kind of a, a once and done sort of a thing like oh well i applied the half halt <laughs> no no like you should be just sprinkling them everywhere like you know at, like confetti there should be just half halts all over the arena okay if we could track your half halt progress on some sort of an app they should be everywhere we should see them all over the place when you're riding okay and really and truly with the half halt the truth of it comes down to the fact that it's often a case of the more the merrier okay that the, the more you can I suppose effectively apply a good quality half halt and remember not all half halts are created equal hey but when you can apply good quality half halt and you've got them all over the place you're not only rebalancing both yourself and your horse before the transition itself but you're also bringing the focus and the attention to the job at hand okay like sometimes when we've been cantering for maybe a circle or two or three you know, the focus can begin to wane a little, okay? Particularly if it's a younger horse or a less experienced horse or maybe a horse is not that fit. Um, concentration is really and truly a muscle and it can weaken and it can kind of go a little bit slack, okay? And when you're half halting, you're actually bringing your horse's concentration back to you so that he can then respond. Now, the half halt, of course, it's going to balance and it's going to steady the energy, but also it's going to lighten the front end. And you need to do that in order to create a successful um, transition from the canter to the trot, okay? Like we want that the back end becomes more engaged um, and in doing so, the horse is just taking a little bit more weight kind of on the haunches if you want or on the back end and in doing so, the front end just lightens a little bit. Which brings me to my next point. Well, if the horse is lightening, you must too, okay? But seriously, sitting up and engaging your core. Now, sitting up, I often see people get confused with sitting up. You say to them, sit up. And they kind of, they, they end up, they ride like ducks, okay? And they kind of arch their lower back and they pin their shoulders blades back like their shoulder blades are almost touching each other. They're kind of 
you know, shoulders back. That's not what I mean. What I really mean here is that you are practicing what you're asking your horse to practice, which is self-carriage, okay? You're really and truly carrying yourself. You're sitting up tall. You're engaging the core muscles. This is going to help you not only maintain your balance, it's also going to put you in the correct position to allow the transition to happen and also to give better aids to your horse, okay? If you're in the right position, well goes without saying that the aids are going to be more clear okay and your horse is going to be able to understand a little bit more and when your horse understands more when things when there's clarity around it all well there's a better chance of you getting the response you're looking for from your horse okay so the half hold for your horse leading to this self-carriage and then coupling that with your commitment your own half halting okay your own self-carriage That is going to really and truly help you. And plus, if you do collapse through the transition, and I see this happen so many riders, they just kind of collapse down. It's like the, you know, people say the house of cards and they just kind of fall down. They don't fall down. They're not falling off the horse, but they just collapse. You can see their whole body. They kind of go, I don't know, like limp in the saddle, okay? When that happens, it is going to only result in even more bouncing and bumpiness on your part. And of course, that is going to lead to hollowness with your horse. And as I said earlier, while the canter very often can create um, this better quality trot, it can't do that if we're going to block it all. And we will block. We will block the energy and we will block the progress and we will block all the loveliness that we could have gotten from the canter if we are allowing our bodies to collapse through that downward transition, okay? So you really, really have to carry yourself. Okay, and plus, when you are carrying yourself, when you're in this kind of your own self-carriage, when you're engaged it makes it so much easier to coordinate your aids, which is my next point. You have to be able to ask the right way in order for your horse to understand, okay? So many people just pull, but th- that's not how we ask. Like, what I would suggest doing here is really and truly focusing on the seat first. And, you know, the canter has this swing or this roll. We spoke about it, about it a couple of episodes ago. But you need to then be very sure of, okay, this is the roll, but also, oh, look, my inside seat bone is slightly ahead of my outside seat bone. And it's these changes that you can begin to make now that's going to actually ask the horse to transition, okay? Like part of the aids to ask for trot is to change how you're using and how the horse is almost like experiencing your seat, okay? It's really, really important to understand that. So once you've kind of engaged your seat bones, you can also then use your voice, okay? So something like, whoa, or steady, or trot, whatever, okay? It's going to help your horse, again, understand those physical aids. And then from there, just closing your legs and squeezing just very lightly, to um, encourage the horse to actually step down into the trot, okay? And once your horse is there, okay, so you've got that initial first step into trot, your work's not finished. You have to then allow the trot to happen. So many people, they get stuck in the resistance phase of it, okay? We're going to call it that. So they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then as soon as the horse trots, they're still stuck in whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. (laughs) You have to allow the horse to, I don't want to say go, but you have to allow the horse to trot at that point, okay? This is important for two reasons. First of all, it like obviously is telling your horse, yep, that's exactly what I wanted, buddy. Thanks very much there. But also 
it will help to then smooth the tension. So remember he said the whole goal of this was to get a smoother transition from the canter to the trot. The only way you're going to experience that is when you can actually allow that transition to happen and let the horse move into the trot and allow that maybe tension that was created through the transition but now is no longer really needed for the trot allow it to dissipate and how you're going to do that is you're going to just give a little bit now it's your seat and your hands that will allow it's kind of your elbows really and um, but it's almost like this softness through the seat through the hands through the contact okay when your horse literally split second takes that very first step into the trot and only you will be able to tell that it's almost like you can kind of feel like oh there we go canter's over there there's trot okay and it's like just like that it's like split second but then to be able to allow through that and then I would then suggest that if you're finding that the trot in and of itself is a bit bouncy because remember you've got all this the, the benefits okay the canter benefits um coming through into the trot if you're finding that holy moly I can't sit in this this is like just I'm going to bounce off post like post immediately straight away don't bother with sit and trot see so many riders they're they're trying to improve this transition but they're kind of approaching it backwards <laughs> instead of just kind of step by step getting each part sorted out and then later working on the sitting trot or, or kind of transitioning into sitting trot don't do that initially if, you, if you're not supple enough to really move with the horse you're just going to ruin a good transition so rather post it's so much easier then for you to rebalance yourself and also for you to get off your horse's back so the, the remember i said all the goodness the benefits okay that engagement and connection can come through the back end through the horse's back connect to the front end and you get this better quality trot okay it's really really important as well to think about and then finally you're just gonna have to practice like a lot um i really do think that just just cantering and trotting for the sake of cantering and trotting that's not practice that's just going through the motions okay you're gonna have to get really really strategic like pick something to practice like in each transition like say okay this time i'm gonna work on this okay this time my focus is going to be on this okay whatever it is okay but pick something and then really and truly work on improving that it could be like your timing it could be your aids it could be your coordination it could be your self-carriage it could be the half halt it could be setting it up it could be the rhythm it doesn't matter okay pick something anything at all and really and truly work on that for you and your horse i do think that it's important to remember that over time as you refine your aids more as you and your horse become stronger and more developed it is going to become more smooth okay like it's going to be less kind of whoa london london holy moly holy moly it'll 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 be nice you'll step down into the trot from the canter but that will take time and it will take consistency from you in what you're doing with your horse if you would like more help on improving your canter okay and you want to really and truly kind of you know smooth things out and get it working for you less hit and miss okay and more smooth and connected i'm going to invite you to go over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash canter the improve your canter program is there and with four audio lessons each week okay it's a four-week program but 
four days a week you'll be doing something different with your horse to actually help you and your horse in the canter and um, I think it'll really really help you just to understand everything firstly but also then put it into practice and of course you listen to the audio lessons as you ride your horse so it's a bit like I'm in the arena with you ride instructor in your pocket okay I'm going to leave it at that have a super day keep well and I'll chat to you soon be good bye